good evening, and welcome to the Sleep with Josh podcast. It's the podcast where you sleep with Josh. I am comedian Josh Yang, and every episode I read various pieces of literature in my trademark monotone voice. To help you drift off to sleep, literature like the dictionary, laws, various manuals, the different terms of services that everyone agrees to but never really reads, and other random, boring ideas. Tonight. With the resurgence of popularity for the timeless game known as chess, due in large part to Netflix's very popular and excellently produced original series, *The Queen's Gambit*, I've decided to start playing chess again. But this time, I might as well take the time. To actually learn it through the words of great chess players in history, one of which, Jose Raúl Capablanca, wrote a book called *Chess Fundamentals* in 1921. Now all I need is a functioning addiction to tranquilizers, and I'll be a grandmaster in no time. That's how that works, right? If you find yourself enjoying this experience, please follow this podcast on your podcast player of choice, and tell everyone you know that you sleep with Josh. Because at the end of the day, the more people that sleep with Josh, the better. Feel free to also follow me on social media at Josh Yang Comedy. Now sit back, relax, and start playing chess on the roof of your ceiling, because you'll get tired of this podcast, guaranteed. Chess Fundamentals by Jose Raúl Capablanca, chess champion of the world. This book was written using descriptive notation for chess moves, and not the updated, standard algebraic notation currently used by the World Chess Federation, or in its original title. Federation Internationale des Échecs, or the acronym FIDE, pronounced FIDE. 
Preface Written by J.R. Capablanca In New York, September 1st, 1934 Chess Fundamentals was first published 13 years ago. Since then, there have appeared, at different times, a number of articles dealing with the so-called hypermodern theory. Those who have read the articles may well have thought that something new of vital importance had been discovered. The fact is that the hypermodern theory is merely the application during the opening stages, generally, of the same old principles through the medium of somewhat new tactics. There has been no change in the fundamentals. The change has been only a change of form, and not always for the best at that. In chess, the tactics may change, but the strategic fundamental principles are always the same. So that chess fundamentals is as good now as it was 13 years ago. It will be as good a hundred years from now. Which, coincidentally, is right now in the 2020s. As long, in fact, as the laws and rules of the game remain what they are at present, the reader may therefore go over the contents of the book with the assurance that there is in it everything he needs, and there is nothing to be added, and nothing to be changed. Chess Fundamentals was the one standard work of its kind 13 years ago, and the author firmly believes that it is the one standard work of its kind now. J.R. Capablanca Part 1 Chapter 1 First Principles Endings, Middle Game, and Openings The first thing a student should do is familiarize himself with the power of the pieces this can be best done by learning how to accomplish quickly some of the simple mates. 1. Some simple mates. Example 1. The ending white rook and white king against black king. The principle is to drive the opposing king to the last line on any side of the board, with board set up at black king on king rook one, white rook on queen rook one, 
and White King in the King Rook One position. In this position, the power of the rook is demonstrated by the first move, White Rook to Rook Seven, which immediately confines the Black King to the last rank. The mate is quickly accomplished by White Rook to Rook Seven. Black King to Knight 1. White King to Knight 2. The combined action of King and Rook is needed to arrive at a position in which Mate can be forced. The general principle for a beginner to follow is to keep his King as much as possible on the same rank, or, as in this case, file, as the opposing king. Personal, uh, side note, rank means the rows of the chessboard, and file means the columns of the chessboard. Okay, back to the book. When, in this case, the king has been brought to the sixth rank, it is better to place it, not on the same file, but on the one next to it towards the center. The moves play out as follow. In the second move, for black, black king to bishop one, white king to bishop three, black king to king one, white king to king four, black king to queen one, white king to queen five, black king to bishop one, white king to queen six, not white king to bishop six, because then the black king will go back to queen one and it will take much longer to mate if now the king moves back to queen one, white rook to rook eight mates at once. So, sixth move for black, black king to knight one, white rook to queen bishop seven, Black king to rook one. White king to bishop six. Black king to knight one. White king to knight six. Black king to rook one. White rook to bishop eight. Mate. It has taken exactly 10 moves to mate from the original position. On move 5, black could have played king to king 1, and, according to principle, white would have continued king to queen 6, black king to bishop 1. The black king will ultimately be forced to move in front of the white king and be mated 
by White Rook to Rook 8. White King, then, to King 6. Black King, to Knight 1. White King, to Bishop 6. Black King, to Rook 1. White King, to Knight 6. Black King, to Knight 1. White Rook, to Rook 8. Mate. Example 2. Black King is in the King 4 position. White King is at King 1. And White Rook is at King Rook 1. Since the Black King is in the center of the board, the best way to proceed is to advance your own king thus. First move. White king to king two. Black king to queen four. White king to king three. As the rook has not yet come into play, it is better to advance the king straight into the center of the board, not in front, but to one side of the other king. Should now the black king move to king four, the rook drives it back by white rook to rook five, check. On the other hand, if black king to bishop five instead, then also white rook to rook five. If now black king to knight five, there follows white king to queen three. But if instead black king to bishop six, then white rook to rook four, keeping the king confined to as few squares as possible. Now the ending may continue. Black king to bishop seven, white rook to bishop four, check. Black king to knight six, white king to queen three, black king to knight seven, white rook to knight four, check. Black king to rook six, white king to bishop three, black king to rook seven. It should be noticed how often the white king has moved next to the rook, not only to defend it, but also to reduce the mobility of the opposing king. Now white mates in three moves, thus in the ninth moves. White rook to rook four, check. Black king to knight eight. White rook to any square on the rook's file, forcing the black king in front of the white. Black king to bishop eight. White rook to rook one, mate. It has taken 11 moves to mate, and under any conditions, 
I believe it should be done in under 20. While it may be monotonous, like my voice, it is worthwhile for the beginner to practice such things, as it will teach him the proper handling of his pieces. Note, this book was written in 1921, so it seems like it's under the impression that the only people reading it are guys, so I guess I gotta stick to the original source material to be accurate, but a little awkward. Example 3. Now we come to two bishops and king against king, where the board is laid out. Black king to king rook one. White bishops in king bishop one and queen bishop one and king in the king one position for white. Since the black king is in the corner, white can play first. White bishop to queen three, black king to knight two. White bishop to king knight five, black king to bishop two, white bishop to bishop five. And already, the black king is confined to a few squares. If the black king, in the original position, had been in the center of the board, or away from the last row, white should have advanced his king, and then, with the aid of his bishops, restricted the black king's movements to as few squares as possible. We might now continue in the third move. Black king to knight two. White king to bishop two. In this ending, the black king must not only be driven to the edge of the board, but he must also be forced into a corner. And before a mate can be given, the white king must be brought to the sixth rank. And, at the same time, in one of the last two files, in this case, either knight rook six, king rook six, king knight six, king bishop seven, king bishop eight, and as king rook six and king knight six are the nearest squares, it is to either of these squares that the king ought to go in the fourth move, black, black king to bishop two, white king to knight three, black king to knight two, white king to rook four, black king to bishop two, white king to rook five, black king, to knight two, white bishop, to knight six, black king, to knight one, 
White king to rook six. Black king to bishop one. White must now mark time and move one of the bishops so as to force the black king to go back in the tenth move. White bishop to rook five. Black king to knight one. White bishop to king seven. Black king to rook one. Now, the white bishop must take up a position from which it can give check next move along the white diagonal. When the black king moves back to knight one, white bishop to king knight four, black king to knight one, white bishop to king six, check. Black king to rook one, white bishop to bishop six, mate. It has taken 14 moves to force the mate, and in any position, it should be done in under 30. In all endings of this kind, care must be taken not to drift into a stalemate. In this particular ending, one should remember that the king must not only be driven to the edge of the board, but also into a corner. In all such endings, however, it is immaterial whether the king is forced onto the last rank or to an outside file. For example, king rook five or queen rook four king one or queen eight. Example four. We now come to queen and king against king. As the queen combines the power of the rook and the bishop, it is the easiest mate of all and should always be accomplished in under 10 moves. Take the following position. Black king is at king four. White king is at king one, and white queen is in king rook one. A good way to begin is to make the first move with the queen, trying to limit the black king's mobility as much as possible. Thus, first move, white queen to bishop six black king to queen five, white king to queen two. Already, the black king has only one available square, black king to king four, white king to king three, black king to bishop four, white queen to queen six, black king to knight four. Should black play king to knight five, then queen to knight six, check. In the fifth move, white queen to king six, black king to rook five, 
if king to rook four and king to bishop four and mate next move. Sixth move is white queen to king knight six, black king to rook six, white king to bishop three, king moves, white queen mates. In this ending, as in the case of the rook, the black king must be forced to the edge of the board, only the queen being so much more powerful than the rook. The process is far easier and shorter. These are the three elementary endings, and in all of these, the principle is the same. In each case, the cooperation of the king is needed. In order to force a mate without the aid of the king, at least two rooks are required. Next, in the second section of chapter one, part one, we will talk about pawn promotion. But before then, I think this is a good place to end the podcast with a little taste of chess fundamentals written by Jose Raul Capablanca. Thank you for listening and congratulations. You've just slept with Josh. But I mean, if you're still awake and playing chess on your ceiling in a tranquilizer induced drugged out state. Please don't forget to follow this podcast on your podcast player of choice and tell everyone you know that you play chess with Josh. Thank you and good night.